Welcome to episode 120 of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Schlag. On today's episode, I am taking a question from one of my followers on Instagram. This was a question I received on a story box and I found it so relatable and impossible, frankly, to answer in that little tiny square on an Instagram story. This person wanted to know, like, I keep getting on track and off track and on track and off track. I'm getting ready to get on track again starting tomorrow. Like, what tips do you have? And I know she was looking for tips like, what do I do as far as getting back on track? But what I really want to focus on is, why is she getting on and off track so often? Why are you getting on and off track so often? If if that resonates with you and you're like, yeah, that's me, we need to figure out why is that happening so we can address the root cause. That's what we're going to do today. Before we get there, really quick announcement. I am running my 21-day step challenge again. It's going to be starting on Monday, November 8th. That is this coming Monday. You can register at the link on my website. I'm going to put the information in the show notes. So you can go to Kim Schlag Fitness, go to Step Challenge. You can also use the link in my bio on Instagram. Or like I said, I'm going to put the information here in the show notes. You can register for the 21-day Step Challenge. The idea is to help you do the dang thing that you know you want to be doing. You know that walking more is good for your heart. It's good for your mind. It's good for even helping us to live longer. It's good for your waistline. And yet, so many people just aren't doing it. I want to help you figure out how to start doing it, actually start doing it, and build this habit into your day. So we're going to challenge you three weeks. We're going to do it together. I'm going to be doing it with you. There's going to be special podcast episodes for me to be your walking buddy. I'm going to be following along with you on my Instagram stories. You can see me doing each of the daily challenges. So sign up if you're like, ooh, I need that. Let's get on it. All right, let's hit the episode. I put up a question box on Instagram last week, and one of the questions I got was definitely something that required a deep dive. It was not something I was going to answer in a box that I could fit on a story. I'm going to start by reading the question to you. She says, I've set myself a target to get back on track from tomorrow after being on and off track for two months. Any tips? First of all, this is a really common situation. So many people find themselves getting on track, off track, on track, off track. And it's this perpetual cycle. Before we can discuss tips for getting back on track, what we really need to do and what I want to spend time doing today is looking back to see what might be causing this pattern of on, off, on, off, on, off. Because what good will it do? I give you some good tips, you get back on track, only to have you back off in short order. So let's consider what might be leading you to this repetitive on and off track cycle. Here are a couple of options. Now there are others, but these couple that I'm gonna give you here, let me see, I have to look and see, I think it's four that I decided to give you, yes. These four here are very common. And of course, I'm not just saying like, hey, here's what might be up. I'm gonna give you some solutions of what to do next if it resonates with you. Now, all of you listening, I am sure there are many of you who are in the exact same situation as this person. And you're like, wait, why do I keep going on and off track so much? Let's see if we can shed a little light on that subject and get you figuring out what your next steps can be to stop that cycle. Okay, so the first reason you might be bouncing on and off track with this yo-yoing kind of thing is you have been in a deficit or a deficit mindset for too long. If you'd been in an actual deficit for a long time, you would be losing weight. A deficit mindset is a different thing. 
what this means is mentally you're trying to lose weight, but without the level of consistency that actually brings results. So what this means is you're burnt out on thinking about it. You're in it, but you're not actually getting any results. And some people stay in this mindset for years. Now, there's no number of the weeks or months or however long it is that says, oh, it's too long. You've been in a deficit too long. So we have two things going on here. Maybe you were just in a deficit for too long and you need a break. Or maybe you've been in a deficit mindset for some long period of time, which could be years. When we're talking about an actual deficit, there's no one hard and fast rule about this many weeks or months, and then you need a maintenance break. For some people, that's 12 weeks. It could be eight weeks. It could be longer. I want you to give some thought to how long you've, one, actually been in a deficit, and two, how long have you been in a deficit mindset? If it feels like, oh, that's a logical reason. I literally have been trying to do this for too long. If, you, if you're like, just give me a number, Kim. If you've been in an actual deficit for eight to 12 weeks and you're struggling with consistency, it is a spot to consider that what you need is a maintenance break. If the idea that you've been in a deficit mindset just perpetually, like I've always been trying to lose weight, it's not been happening. I would say this, this tip is for you. So if this is what you think is going on, this is the root cause of your yo-yoing, okay? You can guess what I'm about to say, because I just basically said it a minute ago, you need a maintenance break. And I know that that might seem scary. Like, wait, maintenance, what? I want to lose weight. Remember, all these months or weeks, how long it's been that you haven't been losing weight with the on and off business, you've already been in maintenance. Or if you're putting on weight, you've actually been in a surplus without actually getting the benefit of the mental break from the deficit. Okay. So you've been taking the break anyway, but you're not receiving those mental benefits of it. So how to transfer to maintenance is outside the scope of this episode. I want you to check out episode 49 of the Simplified Podcast. Fitness, hello, it'd be great if I said the name of my podcast, right? Check out episode 49 of the Fitness Simplified Podcast for more on that. And it's been a while. So episode 49, I'm what, like, I think this is episode 120. It's been a while since I recorded a full podcast on maintenance. So I'm going to do that soon. Um, but for now, check out episode 49 if this is resonating with you. All right. Let's say like, you're like, I don't know if that's it or not. I think it could be something else. Let's move on to number two. Another reason you might be yo-yoing on and off track is that your plan is too restrictive. Your plan to lose weight could be too restrictive either in calories, like you are super lowballing your calories, or it could be that you're restrictive in the rules you have given yourself around food. Maybe you're cutting out food groups, no carbs, or you're cutting out types of food, no sugar, no processed foods, no bread. Maybe you're doing a lot of these things or just the idea of lots of inflexible, arbitrary rules in general. I must eat breakfast or I must never eat breakfast. No eating after seven. Salads must have plain lettuce and zero calorie dressing. The problem with being too restrictive like this is you can't keep it up long-term, thus the on-again, off-again cycle. Though in your mind, it feels logical, like I need these strict rules to be successful. Ask yourself, am I being successful? Am I getting the results I want? Here, the remedy is less restriction, which doesn't mean you can't be in a deficit because you can but that you set that deficit up in a way that doesn't feel overly restrictive. 
So total calories are at a modest deficit instead of an overly aggressive deficit. You practice allowing all foods that you enjoy to have a place in your diet. Yes, that means cookies and ice cream and cake if you like cookies and ice cream and cake. The way you make this function in both a healthy way and a macro-friendly way is using the 80-20 rule. If you're not sure what that is, 80% of your food comes from minimally processed, nutrient-dense foods, usually one ingredient items like chicken, tuna, an apple, broccoli, olive oil, those kinds of things. And then 20% of your calories can come from more fun foods, things like pizza and candy and chips. Do you see the ratio there is quite different. For a lot of people, before they were trying to lose weight, the ratio was you know flipped the other way, like 20-80. And then for some people, they get so restricted that they go 100%, 100% not having any of these fun foods. And that is when this cycle of on and off can start happening because you're like, I already screwed up, I already had the pizza, so now I'm having the chips and I'm having all the things. And after some period of time, you're like, well, I can't lose weight doing this. All right, back to just eating. And I'm putting this in air quotes, clean. So let's, so, so that's number two. The other thing I want to add one more bit about this, besides the actual foods you're placing rules around, you've probably also cultivated a lot of thought patterns and language patterns around this food. Things are bad, things are good. And we want you to start working on that. Start practicing not assigning moral value to food. You're not good when you eat a salad and you're not bad when you eat a donut. When you start noticing yourself thinking or saying these things out loud, talk back to those thoughts. Ask yourself, wait, is a donut, am I really bad for eating this donut? Am I being bad? Because people will say that straight up like, oh, I'm going to be bad and have a donut. Are you being bad? Is that 250 calorie donut really bad if the rest of the calories you ate for the day included all the things you need nutrition wise and you're still eating in a deficit for your goals? Is it really bad? So start questioning those things. Okay, the third option for why you're switching on and off, on and off is that you actually have no clear plan at all. You're falling off track because in fact, there's no track. What does this look like? Here's a couple of ways people describe themselves trying to lose weight that are kind of like my antenna get up of like, you have no plan. I'm eating clean. I'm eating healthy. I'm just not eating too much. I'll hear that one a lot. Somebody will be like, I, can't, I don't understand why I'm not losing weight. I'm working really hard. I'm not eating as much. I didn't even have the second piece of cake. Hey, they're not really tracking. They're just kind of going by feel of what like, it almost like if I, I gave something up, it must be, I must be uh, losing weight now. I didn't take the second piece of pizza. So I, I'm, I'm gonna be losing weight or I'm only eating clean food or I'm only eating healthy food. Ladies and gentlemen, clean food has calories. Plenty of people get stuck not losing weight because they're piling on the avocado. They're piling on the oil. They're eating handful after handful of nuts. And yes, these things are good for you and you should include them in your diet. But if you're not taking into account the total calorie bottom line, it is really easy to stay stuck in that. I'm just not being successful with weight loss mode. Healthy does not equal weight loss. Okay, so these vague terms are really hit and miss as far as results. So what happens after no results for a time? You stop feeling very motivated, right? And you give up. It's not working. Results 
are motivating. So be sure to get yourself results by having a clear plan. That's the switch here. You should be able to clearly say at the end of the day about your plan, yes, I did the thing, or no, I did not do the thing without any ambiguity. That's how clear your plan should be. It should be action-oriented. Here is my exact plan. And when you go to bed at night, you can be like, yes, I did it today. No, I didn't do it today. What might that look like? There are many options for how to lose weight in a safe, sustainable way. Here's the four-pronged plan that I use with my menopause weight loss course and aging stronger society members. Four prongs. They have a calorie range. They have a protein range. They have a step goal and they have a training goal. And every day they use a consistency calendar and they can put an X in a day. Okay, if you hit your calorie range, you get an X. You hit your protein range, you get an X. You hit your step goal, you get an X for that category. You hit your training goal, which is either you worked out if it was a workout day or you took a rest day if it was a rest day. X for that. If you miss one of those, you put an O next to it. What we're looking for is over time, we want at least 80% consistency in each of those factors. Now, it doesn't have to be that plan. It could be something totally different, but this is one structure that works really well. You have to have a clear plan. If you want more details on the on those things that I just shared right there, you can get my free five day fat loss crash course. I will put the link in my in my in the show notes, and I walk you through things like how do I know how much protein to eat and how many calories should I be eating, uh, those kinds of things. So check that to help you with your clear plan. All right. Fourth reason, final reason I'm going to give you today about why you might be following this yo-yoing on and off track kind of situation. And that is that you have unrealistic expectations and or you do not know how to use the scale properly. When you're, and you might be like, what the heck, can you just stand on it? That's not what I mean. <laughs> when your unrealistic expectations are not met, what happens is you often have this big, great big, I screw it moment understanding what good weight loss progress looks like and understanding how to use the scale and how to interpret the scale and assign meaning to what the scale is saying are critical to weight loss success. I'm going to do a full episode next week on the scale, how to understand it, how to interpret it, how to use it as a tool, how to use it to not beat yourself up. But let's talk briefly about proper expectations now. So look for that episode next week about the scale. It's just too long. I started thinking about how to chat about that now and I'm thinking we're going to have like a double episode here. So I'm going to do that one next week. When we're talking about understanding proper expectations, the first order of business is you've got to use multiple measures of progress. Don't just use the scale. The scale is going to go up and down because that's how it works. And in the meantime, we want you to have other things to look at as well. Things like circumference measurements. So get a tape measure and measure parts of your body, standardize how you're measuring and what you're measuring. Um, what I recommend people do is around their chest, around the smallest part of your waist, at your belly button level, across the widest parts of your part of your hips. So that's going to get your, your butt there, your, your hips at the widest part of your butt. And then across the widest part of your right thigh, put those measurements somewhere in your phone, wherever you like to keep it in a notebook, do those every two weeks or every four weeks, either is fine. And we're looking for the trend to be going down over time. 
one thing I find is people can, it's really tricky to get the exact measurement. So one thing you can do is for each spot you're going to measure in that moment, measure the same spot three times and average it to, to make that be your result. So if you're measuring, let's say at your belly button level, measure there, write the number down, measure there again, write it down, measure one more time, write it down, average those three. In case you remember, you're like, wait, I can't have an average anything in a while. How do I do that? You add up the digits, all the digits you're going to use. So in this case, it would be three. And then you divide by the number of entries. So add up all three digits. Let's say it was 30, 29, 27. You add those things up and then you divide by three. That would be your average measurement. Okay. I gave wildly differing numbers. You're not going to get three inch differences. <laughs> it's, it's probably going to be much smaller differences than that. That's the idea. And then You'll have those in month to month or every two weeks to every two weeks. You can compare your measurements. Second measure of progress. And in my opinion, and I have trained hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of women at this point, you should do all of these things. Don't just pick and choose these. You should do all of these. You can use the scale or not use the scale, but definitely use measurements. The next one I would have you use is progress pictures. So you're going to take full body pictures from head to toe showing in good lighting so that you can see yourself. Okay, we don't want dark shady lighting. You want to be able to show as much of your body as possible. Yes, that means take off your baggy clothes. Ideally, you'll either be in your bra and underwear or in a two-piece bathing suit or in a sports bra and um, tight-fitting shorts, not loosey-goosey shorts. We want to actually see your body. Then you're gonna take those pictures. You're not just going to kind of like scroll through your phone looking. It's really hard to see the differences that way. You're going to make side-by-side -side pictures. The app that I like to use, it's free, is called Pick Stitch. So P-I-C, Pick Stitch. You're going to choose one where you can put one picture exactly next to the other picture. You're going to put, you're going to take full front, full back, right side, left side. Once a month, take these pictures and compare them month to month. And especially compare the very first set with what it looks like, what, it, what those pictures look like three months in and four months in. You're gonna see really good progress there if you're being consistent with your plan. The next progress measure is the fit of your clothes. Get something with a waistband, a pair of pants, a skirt, put it on, note how it feels, and then continue over time putting that item on so you can see the change in how your clothes are fitting. And then of course, last is the scale. If you decide you're going to be a person who weighs, and like I said, I will do a full episode on understanding how to use the scale, how to talk to yourself around the scale, how to actually have it be a valuable piece of the measuring process versus something that can ruin your day or decide um, what mood you're going to be in. Now, I want you to know, if you see progress in any one of those areas, you are making progress. Okay. It doesn't have to be progress in all of them. We want to see progress in at least one of them. What is a good average rate of progress when we talk about the scale? I want you to really think about this. Okay. It's going to likely be lower than you think. Half a pound to two pounds per week. I don't want you to fixate on that two pounds per week. That is not the norm. That number is really for people who have a lot of weight to lose. If you have a lot of weight to lose, you might see two pounds per week if you're being really consistent. For most people, half a pound to one pound per week is really good progress. 
when you think of half a pound per week, that's two pounds in a month. If you're doing this properly at the, as, okay, (laughs) and I'm sure what that was, I also couldn't speak. (laughs) If you're doing this properly, this weight loss phase in that you are not only just uh, controlling total calories, but you're eating enough protein and strength training that half a pound per week, which turns out to two pounds per month, is going to look like more than you might think two pounds might look in those side-by-side pictures and with your inches. So half a pound to two pounds per week. That is fantastic progress. Don't consider it slow if those are the numbers you're seeing. Considering it slow is actually getting in your way of being successful. Can you imagine if you lost two pounds every month, so that's half a pound a week, that's two pounds in a month, you're down 24 pounds in a year. That's significant. All right, now that we've gotten some clarification around why you're cycling on and off track, you can start tackling the root cause of that on and off behavior for sustainable, long lasting results. Sure hope this helps. Check back next week, gonna have that episode all about the scale. Talk soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I hope you found it motivational, inspirational, educational, organizational. If you did find value in this episode today, it would mean a great deal to me if you would leave a rating and review on whatever podcasting platform you are listening to this episode on. It really does help to get this podcast in front of other people. Thanks so much for being here. Mm -hmm.